so much. We are excited to be here. I tell you, there's nothing, no better place to be on a Sunday morning than in church. Good things happen when you go to church. They do. Good things happen when you go to church. Um, so Ashley's going to be sharing the word today, and I know God's given him something very specific um, just for you guys. So you, you, you came to hear a good word. Amen. Um, before he starts, there's a few things. You know, we've, we've been blessed to be here um, all week, as Pastor BJ was saying, and uh, we've, we've brought some books and things back there. There's not a whole lot back there. We have limited supply back there, but there is a few things that we have left back there. So check it out on your way out after church. Uh, the first one I want to give away, do you like free stuff here? Is that okay? Okay, these ones, come on. The price is right, people. The price is right. So he says, you're going to be my runner? Oh, rather than me hurling them in the head? That's probably safer, huh? This one's called God Wants You Rich. This is Ashley's book. And the, um, the tagline, it says, The Scandalous Truth. Right? This is a powerful revelation that God gave Ashley about a financial breakthrough. And you're going to need that. So if you need some help with your finances, come on. You've got to look alive and excited to, uh, to, to get the gift this morning. This one is a USB, so you've got to have a computer to make it work. But this is 20 video and audio lessons called a buy, sell, repeat. Actually put a course together a while ago. And this is super practical. It's not for everyone, as you say, right? So this is for people specifically that you want to, you're entrepreneurial and you want some help with that. You've got, maybe you've got some creative ideas, some things about, you, you know, maybe you're excited about making more money so that you can give more. I love what Pastor BJ was saying. What a great goal to be able to give away 90%. Right? Come on. So if we want to be bigger givers, we've got to have more supply. This is a real practical course on how to make money. You can take your old junk and make a mint out of it and give it all to the church. It'd be awesome. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. This one is a CD. Um, it's also a di- digital download in here. So for, for people that like downloads, for people like the like CDs, or if you just want to use the CD as a coaster for your coffee, that'll work too. And then you can get the download either way. But this one's called Who is Jesus, the Man, the Mission, and the Messiah? I did this, um, this course with uh, son Joshua, who is an evangelist. So this is really designed for people that are new to faith, or maybe you want to be able to share your faith with, with somebody that doesn't really understand who Jesus is, the basic foundations of our faith. So you can give that to someone that will put that to good use. Awesome. And this one is called Miracles and Healing Made Easy. This is my book. And there's a lot of testimony in here. There's a lot of miracles in here. The testimony of our daughter's healing is in there. Uh, My healing from epilepsy is in there. So if you're believing for healing or know someone that is and you would like this, then you can have it. There you go. Awesome. (laughs) Amen. And then we also have a couple of children's books back there as well. So if you've got little ones, um, check it out afterwards. It's going to be awesome. But right now, I'm excited, honey. Are you ready? Awesome. All right. Here you go. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Kai's going to come back and pray. She's going to come back and pray for you all um, in a minute. Praise God. But we just want to say how grateful we are to be here at Freedom Gastonia. Praise the Lord. We love your pastors. You know, some of our best friends in the world. We do life with these guys. Known them now for, I don't know, 15 years or so. And uh, they're our worship leaders. If you didn't know that, they come and lead worship for us at least twice a year in Colorado at our events and do a great job. And we just love hanging out with them. We have a lot of fun together. We have a lot of joy of the Lord, praise God. So if this is your home church, congratulations. You're in great hands. Amen. This is a great church. And, you know, I know some of you may, amen. Come on. Some of you, is it next, is it next week, Pastor Appreciation? Is that what I heard? Two weeks time. Okay, so get ready in two weeks time. Your pastor looks good in green, so you can uh, 
whatever you want to do for your pastor, but it's really good to, to honor your pastors, you know, and the other pastors as well. I know there's, you know, associate pastors and, and other people here that are youth pastors and children's workers and things like that. You're blessed. You know, I tell people church alive is worth the drive. So I know some of you drive to be here and that's okay. It's good. It's once a week or so. It's well worth making the drive, making the effort to be here. Churches like this aren't everywhere. You know, unfortunately, there's not churches like this everywhere. And, and they may look good on the outside, but I'm telling you, a lot of churches, they don't tell you who, who you are in Christ. They don't tell you about the finished works of the cross. They don't tell you about how God's already provided everything you ever need, praise God. They don't tell you about the, the, the truth, praise God, about who you are. And uh, sometimes you go to church, you, you, you come back feeling worse than you went. You know, you're like, you get beaten up on all the things you've got to do to please God. Well, that's not what we're going to hear here. Here you're going to learn about who you are in Christ and the finished works of the cross, praise God. This is a great place to be, so congratulations. And this is your first time here, you're just visiting or you're a guest here, then welcome, welcome. Uh, come back again, check it out, check out Pastor BJ teaching. And I think there's people watching online as well. We're online, so people online, you can check it out. Make sure you keep watching online. You'll be blessed, praise the Lord. So uh, today, grab your Bibles. Um, let's look at uh, Proverbs 10.22. This is a story of three Proverbs. You're going to look at three different Proverbs today. Um Proverbs 10.22. Thank you for your partnership with our ministry as a church. We really appreciate it. As BJ said, we have things going on. Even since last year, it's amazing all what's happened in our ministry. Um, amazing things have happened and, and um, growth and things like different television networks we're on, different programs we're offering, different places we're traveling. Next, in a few weeks, we get home. In a few weeks, we travel to Africa. We go to Kenya, Uganda, Zimbabwe, Johannesburg, South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa, East London, all over, praise God. So we get around and, and, and do things. We're on Daystar, it's the biggest Christian network, TBN, PTL, GTTV, CTN, a bunch of them. Um, and then as well as a bunch of internet stuff, YouTube, Facebook, the YouTube, Facebook, um, and all that, praise God. So you can check us out there. Our family's expanded as well since we were last here. Um, we have a new son-in-law now, praise God, Michael, who I think it, the last time I was here, they just got married. But uh, Ava was a bridesmaid, praise God, she did a great job as a bridesmaid. And then um, they've, they've since multiplied. We don't wait a year or so since you have a baby and they wait like a month. So, and he came two months early, which is really awkward because it means his birthday is only eight months after they got married. Scandalous. But anyway, so anyway, he's so cute. His name's Michael Jr. I guess Michael III. He's a cute little thing. But I noticed you're growing the church here organically as well. Seems to be. It seems like, who's not pregnant here? <laughs> I'm in my second trimester at the moment, if you didn't notice. I'm starting to show. We just, we drove here. We're flying back, praise God. But we drove here. It's a long story. We had to stop at different places. So I've been in the car for 27 hours. And what I do in the car for 27 hours is eat. Sit there, big old bag of popcorn or whatever, and eat. Praise God. So anyway, praise the Lord. So anyway, uh, grab your Bibles. Proverbs 10. Did I tell you where to go yet? Proverbs 10.22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. And this word rich is so offensive. People get mad at this. And my book is called God Wants You Rich. People get mad at this. But let me just explain this to you real quickly. God's definition of, well, first of all, Jesus paid the price for you to be rich. Did you know that? Just like he paid the price for you to be righteous. He paid the price for you to be in peace. He paid the price for you to be healthy and healed. He paid the price for you to be rich. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 is a financial chapter. It says, for you know the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is a grace thing. Yet though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that us through his poverty might be made rich. And that word rich there, you can study it out. It means money. It means tangible things. That's what it means. Praise God, there's no getting away from it. So uh, that's my 
Big son, I call him. My son in law, Carly, if you want to answer that. He's, he's, uh, he's, get, he's getting a flight today, so in case he needs me for an emergency. We always answer our phone to our kids. So praise the Lord. There's usually some sort of emergency. Like Josh called us the other day. He said, Dad, what happens if you lose your driving license on your way to getting on a plane? And I was like, you're going to be like B.A. Barackers. You ain't getting on a plane. It's <laughs> like, you ain't getting on a plane. Anyway, but he prayed. He said, Dad, I believe I'm going to get on the plane. I was like, well, it's pretty impossible without any identification to get on the plane. I mean, how are you going to get on a plane with no ID? But he prayed, and that boy's got some faith. He said, Dad, last year, didn't you sign me up for that clear thing? And, uh, you know, the security thing? And I was like, yeah. He said, I'm going to try that. So with clear, they just take your, your eyes or your fingerprints. You don't need any ID. And he walked on through. The child's faith. Anyway, I want him to learn a lesson that you can't forget your ID. But anyway, so that word rich, it means tangible things. It actually means, thank you, honey. Is everything good? Okay. It, it means tangible things. And what it means is, is it means that, um, like that same word is what David used when he said that the, um, the people are envious of the, the riches of the Gentiles. So it's, it's tangible things. And here's the thing, God's definition of rich is Jesus paid the price for it to provide for us, but his definition of it is the next verse. And I wasn't going to go here, but I'll go here now I'm here. And that's the next chapter. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 says, For God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you have an all-sufficient in all things. So that means all your needs met all the time may have an abundance for every good work. So God's definition of rich is that you have your needs met, but it doesn't just stop there because that would be selfish. No, you have an abundance for every good work. So you're not really rich, quote unquote, in God's terms, unless you have an abundance to be able to give. Unless you're able to give to people. So that's God's definition of rich. So it says right here in Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow to it. God wants to provide for you and make you rich without any sorrow. You haven't got to sacrifice your health, your family, any of that. You can actually be rich God's way. You haven't got to sacrifice your relationship with God. He can make you rich. And I tell people, in fact, Andrew Womack, our good friend, Andrew Womack, quoted me. I was like, this is awesome. Like I quote Andrew, he quoted me. I was like, that's pretty cool. I thought it was cool. Anyway, maybe I'm just egotistical. But I was like, Andrew Wamak quoted me. He said, it's like Ashley says. <laughs> it's a bad Texas accent. Isn't it? But he says, like Ashley says, he said, he said, there's only two types of Christians. There's those who are blessed and believe it. And there's those who are blessed and don't believe it. Let me say that again, unless you've missed it. There's only two types of Christians. Those who are blessed and believe it. And those who are blessed and don't believe it. Meaning this, when you gave your life to Jesus, when you received the life of Christ, you automatically became blessed. It's Galatians says, you know, we are blessed with believing Abraham. We are blessed with believing Abraham. Everything Abraham, we have more than that. I'm telling you, God has automatically blessed you. You have everything you need in Christ. You have all the peace, all the healing, all the righteousness, all the provision you need in Christ when you got born again. The question is, that's grace. Jesus was grace personified. The question is, are you going to release that by faith and see it manifest in your life? So the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. I told you this is a story of three Proverbs today. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Look at Proverbs 13.4. Proverbs 13.4 says, The diligent soul shall be made rich. The soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Now, when I teach on diligence, usually people get to screaming and hollering, running around. They get so excited about diligence. Okay. <laughs> no one wants to learn about diligence. It's like, this week we're going to talk on diligence, and next week we're going to talk on patience. And the week after, perseverance. Way to grow your church. So, but I want to tell you, we have a faith response to what God's already provided for us. So God, by grace, has provided everything we need, but we have a faith response to that. And there's two things we can do by faith to activate the blessings of the Lord in our life in this area of finances. I know you're in the middle of a financial series at the moment on giving and sowing. That's why I want to teach this to you today. Diligence is our faith response to what Jesus has already done. 
And I'm telling you, when we're diligent, it's awesome. And God pays attention to our diligence. I won't have time to go there, but in Luke 16, it talks about how you're being faithful. Faithful with the, with the least, you'll be given much. Faithful with another man, you'll be given your own. Faithful with unrighteous mammon, meaning money, you'll be given true riches, which are people. Only God and people are going to last forever. You know that, right? Everything is going to be gone apart from God and people. And that's why people are true riches. So God pays attention to how we are, how we treat things. And that's why diligence is so important. So the diligent soul we made rich. We know the blessing in our life is what is really it comes from, but we release it firstly by diligence. I'm going to, look at, I'm going to show you two ways today how you can release the blessing of the Lord in your life when it comes to finances. The first one is diligence. You know, here's the thing in the body of Christ, especially in our circles. Sometimes we think that, you know what? Well, Brother Ashley, I don't have to work anymore because Jesus did it all. I don't have to give anymore because Jesus paid it all. That's a really bad song to sing at the offering time, by the way. Jesus paid it all. It's like, I don't have to give because Jesus paid it all. I don't have to do anything because, you know, work is, work is cursed. You know, I just, I just rest. I just rest now. That's all I do. Okay. Well, guess what? That's not the, what, what's, what the Lord shows us biblically. Work was actually a blessing. Work and diligence was actually God's idea in the first place. Before the fall, before Adam and Eve messed up. Work with diligence. So real quickly, look at Genesis 2.15. Genesis 2.15 said, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to tend it, to work it and to keep it. Quick side note here. Adam had a job before he had a wife. If you're a single man out there, get a job. Okay, so praise the Lord. Don't be settling for no Boaz or lazy person lazy people so get a job so he says here the lord god took him and put him in the garden look at this to work and to tend it and to guard it this was before the fall you know in genesis 128 genesis 128 was the very first words god ever said to adam the very first thing he said to mankind and if you read it in the message paraphrase it says prosper the very first word god told adam was to prosper be diligent put your hand to something prosper see work was blessed then Work was blessed. It was, it was God's intention for mankind to work and to be creative and to make things happen. But guess what happened? The fall happened. Adam and Eve messed up. They didn't obey God. They thought they needed something else. You know, the devil still does the same thing today. That's what sin's about, thinking that you're missing out and you need something more than you've got. He said to Eve, you know, you're not really like God. She was like God. She didn't need anything else. She was complete. And even though we're complete in Christ, the enemy will come along and say you need something else to be happy or to be content. That's a lie. So the fall happened. They messed up. And then Jesus spoke to Adam and Eve right here in Genesis 3:17. He said to Adam, because you have heeded the voice of your wife. Now, guys, just to let you know, very rarely you're going to get told off for heeding the voice of your wife. But in this case, it wasn't the right thing to do. Heeding the voice of your wife and you've eaten the tree which I commanded you not to. Cursed is the ground for your sake. Because Adam and Eve disobeyed God, the ground became cursed. This is very important. Look at this. The ground became cursed. And it says here, all the days of your life, you'll toil to eat of the ground. So up until then, work was easy. Work was light. The burden was easy. The burden was light. The yoke was easy. But now the ground was cursed. It says, now in toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles shall spring forth and you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Basically now work's going to be hard work. See, Adam used to till the ground and do the gardening thing and it was fine. But now he has to do it with hard work, with sweat 
and, and tall men. And there's thorns, those big long thorns in the ground now. And those thorns were stabbing him in the hand and causing him pain. Work was painful. You could say this, the work of his hands was cursed. It says the ground was cursed. But have you know, Jesus redeemed us from the curse. Amen. Galatians 3.13, Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. You know, you may feel like this sometimes. You may feel like your job or your business or the works of your hands isn't working. Like you might feel like there's more month or yeah, the, your month is longer than your paycheck. You might feel like you never quite get ahead. You might feel like you're always hand to mouth. You might feel like saying, well, I wish I could give more. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. And you might feel like you're not ahead. You might feel like you're not living in the blessing that God's promised us. You don't feel like you're living the, the blessing that God's promised us, that you have an abundance. Well, this may be it. You know, I like Haggai 1.6. It's like you put, you put money in a bag and the bag's got holes in it. By the time you get home, all the money's gone. Sometimes we feel like that, right? It's like we never quite get ahead. Well, here's the thing. That's because the works of our hands got messed up with Adam and Eve. But look what happened here. Jesus redeemed us from that. He redeemed us from that curse. And everything Jesus did at the cross had purpose. Don't think it was all by accident. It had purpose. And real quickly, in, in Matthew 27, you don't have to turn there, but in Matthew 27, 29, they took thorns out of the ground and made a crown out of them and set that crown on Jesus' head. See, what happened was when the, when the ground became cursed, for the first time, thorns grew out of the ground. And when Adam went to go to work, he was getting hurt by the thorns. And he was doing the same amount of work, but it was getting less less production. It was getting less results. It was painful. It was frustrating. It was tormenting. The works of his hands were cursed. But they took those thorns out of the ground, made a crown of thorns, put it on Jesus' head. And he said, and God said in, in Genesis 3, by the sweat of your brow, you'll eat of the land. Well, Jesus sweated blood when they put that. They, they, he, he dripped blood on his face. And those same thorns that were in the ground to curse the ground were set on Jesus' head. And he redeemed you from the curse of the ground. Your, work, your works of your hands are now blessed. The works of your hands are now blessed. Jesus redeemed you from that. He got, a, got rid of those thorns. And now you can say, thank you, Lord. Everything I touch prospers. Whether you have a regular job, whether you have a business, whether you have both, whether you're a student, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, which is the hardest job. It's amazing. Some preachers go, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or just a stay-home parent. And I'm like, there's no just with a stay-home parent. Okay, like that's hard work. Whatever you do day to day, whatever you put your hand to, you are now blessed. There's a blessing in it. You need to start believing it. We need to start believing that we're blessed because when you start believing that, you're going to start seeing it activated. So now the works of our hands are blessed. We need to put our hands to something. It's amazing how people don't put their hands on something. They just pray, Lord, open up the heavens, do something. But you know, every time there's a supernatural increase of provision in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, every time there is something in the natural they have to do first in obedience. I'll give you a few examples. Water into wine in John 2. They had to get the water pots and fill them with water. A water, either way. They had to fill them. I'm bilingual now. I can speak American and English. They had to fill them with water. Um, the loaves and the fish. They had to get the five loaves, the two fish. They had to sit the people down, break them. What about the, uh, the um, casting their nets to the other side? They had to get their nets and cast them the other side to get the supernatural catch of fish. What about paying the taxes? Peter had to get a fishing rod and, and a fishing line and go and catch a fish to pay the taxes. Supernatural increase. What about Old Testament? They had uh, the widow woman, 2 Kings 4, had pots. She had to get a bunch of empty vessels. And the, as she poured out the oil, the oil increased. The other widow had to get a meal and a flour and make a cake. Um, the axe head sank, but they, they, Elijah got a stick and threw it in. He got that natural stick, threw it in. The axe head uh, floated. I could go on and on. I'm telling you, every time there's supernatural abundant increase in the area of provision, Old Testament, New Testament, there's something that someone does in the natural first. First the natural, then the spiritual. We have to be obedient and put a hand to something. 100% 
A hundredfold of zero is zero. A hundred, you know, a hundred times zero is zero. We have to give God something to work with. And some people say, Ashley, you know, what, what can I possibly give God to work with? You know, I, I, I've never been very long out of work in my life because I've always had this theory that if I put my hand to something, God can increase me. If I just do nothing, it's hard for God to increase. But if I put my hands to that, I mean, one time I was out of work, I was actually a youth pastor, cut long story short. Anyway, uh, I had to go and get a secular job. That, they weren't paying me enough, surprise, surprise. So I went and got a job as a delivery driver, okay? It was called Night Freight. They used to nickname it Night Fright in England. But it was like a big UPS van. And um, anyway, so I, I went in there and they said, have you ever driven these big trucks? These were big trucks, air brakes, like box trucks. And I had big, they were 40 footers on it. And I was like, I didn't want to lie. But I said, listen, I said, I've driven RVs all over Europe. I said, I can drive those trucks. He said, okay, you're hired. So I got in this truck. And have you know, they have air brakes, okay? This is a completely different world than regular brakes, okay? So anyway, I'm driving on this truck and, um, and someone jumped out in front of me. So I hit the air, when you hit them air brakes, let me tell you, and I had someone with me in the passenger seat. I'm driving this side, so I'm in England. I had someone in the passenger seat. He flew and hit the windshield in his head, so I felt really bad. Anyway, so then, then I was like, wow, he's like, these air brakes, have you ever driven air brakes before? I said, no, he said, you've got to just easy touch them easy don't just hit them like a car you just gotta go easy i was like okay okay so i started getting the idea anyway we get to our first delivery and i pull up in this very posh big house and the people are like oh we're so excited we have a cocktail party tonight on the patio and we've got all our new patio furniture in there we're so excited it's arrived he goes people will be arriving tonight so i open up the back of the truck and on the one at the back of the truck was a big piece of machinery i don't know what it was it was a big heavy piece of machinery and then at the front was all their wicker furniture <laughs> <laughs> and guess what happened? That piece of machinery seemed to have slid forwards, <laughs> crushing their piece of furniture. And our policy was you had to deliver it. So I'm delivering their furniture, literally like things hanging off like this. <laughs> They're looking at it, They're like everything's broken, smashed out. I was like, I think this is a table, might be a chair, I'm sorry. Anyway, they got new furniture, don't worry. But uh, they had to reschedule their cocktail party because of my mistake. But my point being this, I put my hand to whatever I could. I mean, I did loft insulation. 100 degree heat in the loft. I mean, I, was so, I had fiberglass all over me. I'd, I worked at a fish place, a fish rest, and the, the, the smell of the fish when you're cooking it, like two days later, you'd still be sweating and smelling that fish. I'm doing, I've done all sorts of jobs. My point is, I put my hand to things. When you put your hand to something, give God something to work with. Nowadays with the internet, I sound old, don't I? We was born before the internet. Some kids going, Dad, you was born before the internet? I was born before the internet. Wow. And now the little kids go, was you born in the 1900s? <laughs> Don't laugh, most of you are gonna have that. Was you born in the, what was the 1900s like? They were dark times, the 1900s. But now with the internet, there is so much opportunity out there to do online, you know, do things like online sales and, and all sorts of things. I have a whole course on that. There's, there's opportunities out there to do things. I'm telling you, there's never been more, more opportunities to do something. Put your hand to something. Give God something to work with. When you do that, when you do it, and do it diligently. Make sure you do it diligently. Make sure you do it. You know, I believe it's uh, Colossians. I could find it, but it's in the Bible. I think it's Colossians. I think it's Colossians 3.17 and 3.23. It says, everything you do in word or deed, do it as unto the Lord. You know, the word work is in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew, is the same word as worship. Work and worship were interchangeable. That's why Jewish people often prosper more than anyone else, because they know when they work, they're actually worshiping the Lord. Work and worship is the same word. So we need to understand that when we work as unto the Lord, we're bringing him worship. You know, Deuteronomy 8, 18, Deuteronomy 8, 18 says he gives us the power to get wealth. Why? To establish his covenant. He doesn't give you wealth. He gives you the power to get wealth. 
And as a church, sometimes we're waiting for God to give us wealth. And God's like, no, I've given you the power to get wealth. Activate that power. Go and do so. And what can happen is God can give you supernatural breakthrough in these areas. I'm telling you, it's so amazing, the supernatural breakthrough we've seen in our lives in the area of business. You know, what happens is, is we give devotionally. Don't miss this now, church. We give devotionally. So we give to honor the Lord. Um, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, honor the Lord with your first fruits, with, your, the, with all the increase. Give the Lord, right? Give to the Lord. Honor the Lord. We did that just now with the offering. You give to the Lord. You honor the Lord. Um, and then your, your barns will be filled and your vats will overflow and you wine. So we give to the Lord. We honor the Lord. We give to the Lord devotionally. But he gives back to us transactionally. And people often miss this. He gives back to us with things like that raise at work, that business idea, that, that rebate you didn't know you was going to get your house going up in value, that piece of property someone found that no one else knew about, that, that, you know, that, uh, that promotion beyond your ability, things like that, that relationship with someone saying, oh, I need that person to do this, or whatever it is, supernatural inquiry. I'll give you an example. I, I, I went to work at a car sales once. We helped plant some churches in England, uh, vineyard churches. One of the churches we helped plant, we had to move town. So I turned up this new town and I needed a job. So I went to the car sales, the local car sales. It was a big, a big uh, about 300 cars. It was a big warehouse type car sales, like a CarMax type thing. And I said, I'd like to work here. So they said, fine. And in England, the, the, the day they sell the most cars is on a Sunday. But I'm like, well, I go to church on Sunday. I help lead the church. I'm, I'm the associate pastor, so I can't work Sunday. They said, if you can't, you're not going to work Sunday. You can't work Saturday either. That was the busy, second busiest day. You can't work Monday. That was the third busiest day. So they said, you just have to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I said, no problem. I said, the Lord can give me as many sales on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And what happened was, is people coming on the weekend, they'd say, we want to deal with Ashley. And they said, well, he's not here until Tuesday. So they'd go away and come back Tuesday. The only reason they wanted to deal with me is I told them the truth. I know it's a novel thing. But I was like a used car salesman that told the truth. I was like hen's teeth. I was very rare. I was like, you know, when a, you know, when a used car salesman's lying, his lips are moving. So anyway, not, not all of them like that. But I, so I stood out in the industry by telling the truth. People would say, what's the gas mileage like? I'd be like, it's terrible. Don't buy that. It's terrible and stuff like that. And they used to like that. So anyway, I went to work and I started working with them. I started on the lowest rung. And then the computers just come out and Auto Trader just come out. So I said to the owners of the company, I said, you should put your cars online on Auto Trader. They said, no, 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 we don't. We're not into that geeky website stuff. That, that internet, that worldwide web thing, that's never going to catch on. We're not going to mess with that. And I said, well, I really think, no, 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 we're not going to mess with that. Well, I said, can I do it? They said, what you do in your own time, Ashley, that's up to you. So I brought my own computer into, into the office. And in my own time, I took pictures of all the cars and I uploaded them to AutoTrade. I did it on like a, a free trial. They had like a three-month free trial. So I put it on the free trial. And they made so much money in those three months. People traveled from everywhere to buy cars online. It was the early 2000s where people were buying cars online. So anyway, they, they came to me and they said, um, I said to them, I said, you know what? Our free trial is going to run out soon. You know, I've been doing this for three months. I said, I think you'll agree. Sales have gone up. And they said, well, we don't know, actually, whether it's you, whether it's just a time of year. We can't really prove it. And I said, well, do you want me to carry on doing this? Do you want to pay me to do this? No, no, we're not interested in paying you to do this. Okay, it's no problem. But remember, the Lord will give you supernatural insight. He'll give you witty inventions. So as I was um, uh, on the phone to them, that was right, it was a phone conversation. Do you remember the old days, the old phones before cell phones? You used to put them down. Sometimes they didn't quite put them down. It's dangerous. Many a, many a marriage ruined because the phone wasn't quite down. <laughs> I told her. But anyway, so they didn't quite put their phone down. So I still had my phone and I could hear them. They said, okay, Ashley, we'll see you tomorrow. They put the phone down. I could still hear them talking, the two owners, these multimillionaires, the two owners of this company, talking. And they said, what are we going to do about Ashley? And the other one said, well, I'll tell you this. He saved this company. We've made more money in the last three months than we've ever made before. And they said, well, what are we going to do? They said, well, listen, whatever he asked for, we'll give it to him. 
whatever he asked for. I don't care what he asked for, whatever he asked for, I'll give it to him. So I prayed in the Holy Ghost. I was like, this is awesome. I was like, the Lord has given me insight into their bedroom chamber. This is awesome. So the next day, guess what? I walked in with boldness. I, if, I, if I could have done, I would have put my feet on their desk, but I wasn't quite that bold. I said, listen, I've been thinking. I said, here's what I would like. I said, we don't know where, what people have come down from the internet. We don't know what people are just local. I've seen you in the newspaper. So there's no real way of telling, but I'm going to put every single car you have, all 300 plus online, and I'll upload them every week. I said, but here's what I'm thinking. I said, I think I should get a commission on every car sold. That's the fairest way to do it. And they said, what do you mean? I said, well, whether I'm here or not, whether I sell it or not, I want a commission on every car you sell because I'm putting every car online. They said, you, you speak like a crazy man, actually. They said, you're crazy. There's no way. I said, okay, no problem. So I went back to my office and it was uh, one of those glass offices, you know, so they could see. And I dramatically packed my computer up. I wrapped the cords dramatically in a big monitor. Like, oh, can you open the door for me? I'm just moving my monitor out, you know. And I dramatically moved my computer. They said, whoa, whoa, Ashley, where are you going? Where are you going? I said, well, I'm packing it up. I said, I can't do this anymore. I said, you know, I'll still be here as a salesman, but I can't put you online anymore. They said, oh, hang on, let us reason together. Well, there was not much reasoning because the Lord had given me insight. So by the end of three days of negotiation, I didn't budge a bit. They gave me a commission on every single car sold, whether I was there or not. So what I did was is I once a week upload all the cars. I probably worked about three or four hours a week. The rest of the time I was down at the church as associate pastor working at the church. They didn't have to pay me for that. I was getting more than a full-time salary for doing like two or three hours a week. People said to me, Ashley, you're, over, you're overpaid and underworked. I was like, praise the Lord. I was like, I receive it. That went on for three years, guys, for three years. Okay, God can give you supernatural insights. He can give you inventions. He can give you witty ideas. He, you could be a problem solver, but it didn't, it didn't happen just overnight. What happened was is I was diligent and I was working. I was, I was being a good steward and I was honoring to the bosses, even though they were heathens. I was honoring. I was honoring their position. I was telling the truth. I was doing everything I could right. And then I got to pray in the Holy Ghost. I used to pray over my business. I encourage you, whether you have your own business or whether you work for someone else, pray in the Holy Ghost over that business. God will give you answers. Joseph had answers for Pharaoh and Pharaoh wasn't even a believer. God will give you supernatural answers to things and you could be a problem solver. And guess what problem solvers get? Rewarded financially. I'm telling you, so think about that. Start praying and thanking God for the, the work you have. Don't, I don't care if you're the janitor. You can have an idea. You can have a solution, praise God. Be diligent. So the first thing is, I'm talking about two things, faith responses. The first one is, be diligent, praise God. The diligent soul shall be made rich. We're talking about how to activate the blessing in our lives in the area of finances. The first one is, the diligent soul shall be made rich, Proverbs 13.4. The second one, guess what? It's the generous soul shall be made rich. Proverbs 11, 25, the generous soul shall be made rich. Generosity activates the blessing of God in your life when it comes to finances. In fact, there's no other thing that does it like generosity, like giving. When you give, you've been learning all about this at this church. I'm so glad your pastors teach you this. When you give financially, BJ already quoted that verse, but 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, says he gives seed to the sower and bread to eat and increases the seed that you sow. When you sow, you're going to increase. In fact, if you back up one verse and that generous soul should be made rich verse, Proverbs 11, 24, said there's one who scatters, actually says there's one who gives liberally, there's one who gives without restraint, there's one who gives, yet increases more, yet there's one who withholds more than is right, and yet leads to poverty. Isn't this like backward to how we think in the world? The world would say, you've got to hold, you've got to keep all you can, you've got to make sure you, you know, you've got to, you've got to give everything you can and don't let go of anything. The word says, you got to give liberally. And if you give, you're going to increase. It's the opposite way of doing things. In fact, most things in the kingdom work the opposite way. You know, if you want to be first, you've got to be last. If you want to be the greatest leader, you've got to be the greatest servant. 
If you want to you have wisdom, you've got to speak in Babel. You've got an enemy, you love them. You've got someone who wrongs you, forgive them. We could go on and on. If you want more money, you have to give it away. It doesn't make sense to our natural mind, but what happens was when you get born again, um, I believe it's Colossians 1.13, says you was translated into another kingdom. You was taken out of one kingdom and put into another kingdom. Meaning now in this new kingdom, everything's different. Your home now is heaven, not this earth. You're just an ambassador here. Paul says we're ambassadors here on earth, meaning our home's in heaven. That's why we're one spirit of the Lord. That's why we're joint heirs with him. That's why we're seated with him in heavenly places. Your spirit is now in heaven. Your new address is heaven. So you have to run your economy. You have to run your finances off of heaven's economy, not of this world's economy. And heaven's economy works very different from the world's economy. Heaven's economy says give and you will increase. You have to sow seed for it to increase. And some of you say, Ashley, I believe in prosperity. I believe that God blessed me. I believe that Jesus even paid the price for me to be rich on the cross. But I have lack. I don't have enough. Well, guess what? The problem isn't with God. The problem isn't with the word. Somewhere we're short-circuiting it. And here's what I see Christians do. I've done this myself. We take the seed that God gives us to be sown and we eat it. We eat the seed. Like BJ said, if you eat seed, you're going to be hungry. It's not going to work. I know some of you health people like eating seeds, but... I eat those pipper seeds. Are they pipper seeds? Are they sunflower seeds? Drives Carly crazy and I'm driving because the shells go everywhere. But anyway, <laughs> you know, just shell, spit them out. <laughs> That's gross. Cup of old shells. She's like, what is this? Cup of... But seeds won't fulfill you. They don't make, seeds are meant to go in the ground and they're meant to grow a harvest. And here's why God can give you a hundredfold return and give you exponential growth. If I had an apple up here, you could say to me, well, we could open this apple up and count how many seeds in this apple. There might be five or ten seeds in the apple. But you can never count how many apples are in one seed. The reason is, is because if you take those seeds out and plant them, so if I had an apple and ate the whole apple, that would be the end of it. But if I had an apple and took a portion of that apple out and planted it in the ground, then them seeds would grow apple trees. And those apple trees would grow more apples. And then you take those apples, you, you take a portion, a percentage of the seed, of the part of the apple out, the seed part, and you plant it and it grows. And that is exponential growth. That is supernatural harvest. That is abundant increase. That is more than enough, praise God. That's how it works. And I'm here to tell you, church, when you have money come to you, however that comes to you, whether it's through retirement, through work, through business, whatever it is, winning the lottery, I don't care, however money comes to you. <laughs> we got real quiet on winning the lottery there. <laughs> I had one guy, he preached against winning the lottery, and then one of his congregants won the lottery and he went to tithe. All of a sudden he was okay with the lottery. He's like, you want to tithe? Like, you want to tithe those millions to the church? We don't mind. It's sanctified when it hits the bucket, amen. But anyway, so anyway, be careful about preaching against the lottery unless someone wins it. But anyway, however money comes to you, you're meant to take a portion of that money and sow it. And that's how you get increase. See, God doesn't provide you with trees and apples. He provides you with seed. And you take that seed and you sow it and it increases. So listen, when you give, I'm telling you, it's so powerful. Let me, let me show you this real quickly. People say, well, actually, how do I know what's seed and how do I know what's bread? How do I know what, what to sow and how do I know what to eat? Well, God's shown us real clearly here. One, one thing is the very first thing you should do when money comes in is take out the tenth, the tithe. The tithe means the tenth. And people say, actually, that's Old Testament. That's Old Covenant. Yeah, it was Old Covenant. That's the law. But it was actually before the law. We haven't got time to go there, but do your homework. Genesis 14, Abraham tithed to Melchizedek before the law was even made. He said, I'm going to give a tenth. And, and Melchizedek came out. Melchizedek was a pre-incarnate Christ. It talks about this in Hebrews 7. I wish I had more time to go into this. But if you look at Hebrews 7, Jesus, it says that Jesus now receives the tithes. Melchizedek was a, was a pre-incarnate 
Jesus came to earth. He had no lineage. He had no, no beginning, no end. It was, it was Jesus came down and received that tithe from Abraham. And Abraham gave him a tenth of all. But the good, cool thing is, is Melchizedek blessed Abraham first. See, Melchizedek was the king of Salem. That's where we get Jerusalem from, the king of peace. He was the king of peace. And then Sodom was the other person. He was from the world. And the king Sodom came out and said, give to me first. I want to take from you first. That's the world's way of doing things. But, but the king of Salem came out, Melchizedek, this is Genesis 14, and said, you're blessed, Abraham. I'm blessing you first. See, Jesus blesses us first. And then we get to give off of that blessing. We get to give off that increase. So Abraham blessed him with 10%. So I'm going to give you tenth, the tenth of all I have. I'm going to give to you. Lest they say, you know, the, uh, the, the, the king of Sodom made me rich. I'm going to give you a tenth of all I have. Tithing. Um, Genesis 28, Jacob tithed before the law. He said, Lord, you've been so good to me. I'm going to give you a tenth back of everything I have. So we know right off the bat, as increase comes into us, we take at least 10% and we give it. And people get real nervous when I talk about this, but I'm like, you know what? If you want to do it the New Testament way, you say, well, that's Old Testament actually. The New Testament way is more like a third. We meant to give tithes and offerings. It's more like a third. And here's why people get mad about tithing. They think, well, you talking about tithing? That sounds like, um, you know, like Malachi 3. Yeah, I teach Malachi 3. People get all. Malachi 3 says, if you don't tithe, you know, it says that you're robbing God. I took this one time. And this old guy at the back said, that's right, you God robbers. I've been telling you, you've been robbing God. Stop robbing God. And I say, no, you're robbing God of the opportunity of blessing you. See, when you tithe, think of tithing like this. You're not, you're not just throwing that money away. You're taking that seed, that portion of your money, and you're putting it in the ground, and then it's going to grow. I tell people that tithing is easier than tipping in a restaurant. Tipping in a restaurant is confusing, like 18%, 20%. Nowadays, if you notice now, it's like 20%, 25%, 30%. I'm like, hang on a minute. What happened to 15%? I mean, it's like, anyway, and you, tithe, you, you have to tip for everything now. But anyway, so most of us are already tithing. We just don't realize it. We're tithing to Netflix. We're tithing to Lifetime Fitness. We're tithing to Bass Pro. We're tithing to, um, you know, whatever the women's stores are you go to. Um, all these, you know, you're tithing to, to, you're tithing to these things. Be careful. You're tithing to the Mary Kay, whatever it is. You're tithing to these things already. You're giving to these things. But really, you should be giving to God first. Proverbs 3.9, honor the Lord first. With increase. I'm going to show you a quick example of this and then I'm going to wrap it up. But this is a great example of this that I like to show people about tithing. And that's in Genesis. Do you know that Abraham, Cain and Abel gave and people don't realize that in actual fact they gave and they were already taught to tithe. They were already taught to tithe. People didn't even realize this. But Cain and Abel gave an offering to the Lord. And, and people don't realize. They say, well, what, how, comes, how comes Cain's uh, um, offering was, was uh, accepted and Abel's wasn't? There's a reason for that. There's a reason why it wasn't, you know, I've heard, have you heard the joke? This is why wasn't Cain's offering accepted from the Lord? Because he wasn't able. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad. I'm sorry. It's pretty bad. Look at this. This is in Genesis 4. Let me show you this real quickly. I'm showing you why tithing is going to activate the blessing in your life. Cain said, um, uh, basically, Adam and Eve had a son, Cain, and they brought another son, Abel. It says here, um, Abel was a keeper of the sheep. This is Genesis 4.2. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. So one was a shepherd, one was a farmer, you know, of the, of the ground. Verse 3, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the first fruit of his flock and of the fat. And the Lord respected Abel's offering, but the Lord did not respect Cain's offering. And Cain was angry and his countenance fell. People say, well, the reason why Cain's offering wasn't accepted is because it was a fruit offering and Abel's offering was, a, was a, a blood offering. That doesn't make sense because that's not fair, right? Why would God, how could, how could Cain bring a fruit offering, uh, bring a, a, a blood offering? He was dealing with fruit. 
So he couldn't do that. So God's only going to ask us to give what we can give. He's only going to ask us to give what we have. He's not going to ask you to give what you haven't got. Sometimes he'll ask you to give what everything. That's the type of gets you excited. But he'll only ask you to give what you got. So Cain could only give of the fruit of the ground. You see that? So why is it that Cain's offering wasn't accepted and Abel's offering was accepted? It shows right here in verse 3. This is Genesis 4, verse 3. I'm talking about activating the blessing in your life. It says here, in the process of time. Do you know what this means? If you study this out, you look this up in other translations, study this out in the Hebrew. It means at the end of the days. At the end of the days. So Cain, once he'd paid all his bills, once he'd done everything else, once he'd taken care of everything else, at the end of the days, he took what was left over from his fruit and gave God an offering. But it says here that Cain, that Abel gave her the first fruit of his flock. The firstborn of his flock, the first fruit, the increase, he gave to God. Meaning this, are we giving God the leftovers or are we giving God first? Maybe Abel didn't know if he's going to have any more flock. That could have been his only sheep that he sacrificed to God. That could have been his only cattle, his only calf. They call them calves, I think. His only calf that he could have sacrificed to God. But he gave to God first. And because he gave to God first, he talks about this again in Hebrew it says, and Romans. When you give off the first, the rest of it becomes holy. When you give God first, um, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things the Gentiles things, the things, the clothes, the houses, the cars will be added to you. We put God first. We honor God first. So Abel honored God first, and that's why he's respected. Cain waited to the end of the days. And, and I'm telling you what, it's not healthy. I've been there where you wait and say, well, I can't afford to give. You can't afford not to give. It's like the reason why you can't afford to give is because you're not putting giving first. So I want to challenge you, church. At the very least, start with 10%. When money comes in, you say, Ashley, I can't live off 100%. How am I going to live off 90%? I'm telling you what, God says, prove me in this. Show me how this works. In, in, in Malachi 3, people always concentrate on the God-robbing part. We're robbing God of the opportunity of blessing us because we're not giving God permission into our finances. And I like in Malachi 3, it talks all about how God wants to increase. We're, we always concentrate on the curse. You're cursed with a curse. We're not cursed anymore because Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. But everyone focuses on the curse bit. I focus on he wants to actually give you more. It says he's going to open up the windows of heaven and give you so much you can't contain it. I like that part of it. And God ha hasn't changed. He's still trying to get more to you. The reason why he wants you to give him the tithe is so that he can give you more, give you a harvest. You, no seed planting, no harvest planting. So I tell people, you know what? If you want to know what seed is, when money comes into you, however money comes in, take the first 10% and sow it. And I believe in sowing to your local church where you're fed, by the way. So put the tithe in the local church where you're fed. But there's also tithes and offerings. I'll take at least another 10%. We do this personally. We do this in our ministry. Take another at least 10% and give offerings, missionaries, benevolence, uh, other ministries, partnerships, things like that. I love that this church gives 25%. It's blessed, praise God. And it activates a blessing in your life. And you're not getting rid of money. What you're doing is you're putting it in the ground and then it's going to grow into crops, praise God. So I still believe that tithing is a great principle. We still live by it. And I think it helps our hearts because otherwise we'd never know really. We'd always be, feel condemned. Like, is that enough? Isn't that enough? I believe it's a great place to start. And if you haven't tithed, I don't need to start trying to back pay your tithes for the last 20 years. Don't try and do that. Just say, Lord, I'm going to believe this crazy English man. I'm going to believe my pastors. I'm going to start trusting you and giving you the first 10% that comes in and see what happens. Remember the first fruits. Remember what it says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. He's going to fill your barns up and your, your wine vats are going to overflow. God's not about taking. He's only about giving. God's very nature is a giver. I believe it's Psalm 51. It says he has a generous spirit. God is love. God is good. That means everything he does is loving and good. And love gives. Love never takes. God's very nature is to give, to give, to give. When he asks you to give something, it's because he's trying to get more to you. 
There's been so many times in Carly's life where God has asked us to give a special offering, to give extra, and it's gotten our attention. Sometimes I say, Lord, that's all I've got. He said, that's all I'm asking you to give. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. It's getting, it's getting interesting. But that's happened to us. Why? Because he's trying to get that seed in the ground so that he can give us a supernatural harvest. This has happened so many times, I couldn't tell you. You know, people want an adrenaline rush. They want to like, you know, jump out of airplanes with parachutes or they want to bungee jump or they want to do all these things, you know, create adrenaline, right? Adrenaline rushes. If you want an adrenaline rush, give all your money away. That'll create all the adrenaline rush you need. You'll have such a rush, praise God. But here's the thing. I'll, fa- I'll end with this scripture. Uh, Paul talks about this in, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians. Let me just end with this, this scripture. We've read some of this, but 2 Corinthians chapter 9 gives us a little discourse on this. It's so good. And it says here in, in, in verse 6, this is 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So that means, it says here, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. We get to choose whether we're giving generously or whether we're giving sparingly. It's our choice. And the good news is God set it up so that every single one of us, it doesn't matter if you are in the richest neighborhood in the world, it doesn't matter if you've got the best, it doesn't matter if you're Jeffrey Bezos or if you're the poorest person in the world, every single person can be a generous giver. That's the way God set it up. The widow woman gave two mites and Jesus said, that's some generous giving right there. Why? That's all she had. She gave out of her lack. That's all she had. God set up that anyone could be a generous giver because it's on a percentage of what you have, not what you don't have. If God had said you have to give a thousand dollars to be generous, well, some people, that's easy. Some people, that's hard. But he didn't say that. He said, anyone can give. You give a percentage, you become generous. And people said to me, well, actually, how do I know if I'm giving a generous gift or not? I say, if you're giving a generous gift, you'll know. Your flesh will tell you. You start writing out the check, you start shaking. Woo, Lord. Praise the Lord. You put the check in the bucket, you're like, it's gone. My money's gone. Then you go to bed that night and think, I wonder if I could phone the bank and cancel the check. And then you like wake up in the morning, like, did I really give that amount of money? You probably never even slept. So you're up all night, like, did I really give that amount? Yeah, you, you, you've heard of buyer's remorse. You get giver's remorse. If you have giver's remorse, you know you've had a generous gift. You're like, you're not looking for a harvest. You're just happy for a, for a refund. You're like, Lord, I'll just take the refund at this point. Please, just refund me my gift. If you've given like that, to one person, it might be $100. To another person, it might be $100,000. It, it's all relative to what you have. But you, that's a generous gift. And when you have a generous gift like that, God, hold on. It says right here, God promised us that he's going to give us a bountiful harvest. You give generously, you're going to receive generously. And God's generous is massive. I'm telling you, God's generous is next level. You sow, you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully, praise God. Let each one give as your person's heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. A cheerful giver is someone who's in faith. Faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you're giving generous... Is because you believe God and you're trusting God and you're in faith. And God loves it when someone's in faith. Why? Because he's like, yes, finally someone who believes me, someone I can pour out my blessings on, someone I can open up the windows of heavens to, someone I can increase supernaturally, someone I can give those promotions, give those things, praise God, supernatural increase, praise God, that can happen. And that's what happens. And then he says, he, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, multiply the seed you've sown and the fruits of your righteousness. Listen, church, I'm telling you, there's so much to this. The diligent soul, first of all, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. You already have the blessing on you. If you're born again today, you already have the blessing on you. You have it already. You're not looking to go and get something. You already have it. You're just looking to release it. And there's two practical things we can do by faith to release it. That's Proverbs 13, 4. Be diligent. Put your hand to something. Start thanking God for your business. Thank God for your work. Thank God for your boss, however even he is. If you work at the church, don't... Anyway, thank God for... 
Thank God for your workplace. Thank God for your small business. I say, actually, my small business, it only makes $20. That's not enough. Start thanking God for that $20. Jesus took those loaves and fish. They weren't enough in the natural, but he thanked God for them. He blessed them. Bless what you have in your hands. Bless your seed. Bless the, the works of your hands. Thank God for it. Wake up every morning and say, God, I thank you that my hands are blessed. I thank you everything I touch prospers. I thank you that there's a commanded blessing on my storehouses and a commanded blessing all to which I set my hands. I thank you that I have the blessing activated on my life. Everything I touch turns to gold. Stop praying like that be diligent and the second one is proverbs eleven twenty five. be generous the generous soul will be made rich when you trust god with your finances when you start giving in a way where you know it's not just tipping god but you're actually giving and it gets your attention i tell people if your giving gets your attention it gets heaven's attention in acts there was a guy called cornelius and he said he gave and he gave and it got god's attention he said your giving has come up before me it got my attention if your giving gets your attention, it's getting heaven's attention. So you give in such a way where you trust God. Say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm putting you first place. As the increase comes in, I'm sowing those seeds. And guess what? The harvest is growing. And out of that harvest, I get to plant more seeds. And out of that harvest, I get to plant more seeds. You keep doing that, you're going to increase supernaturally. And you have so much, praise God. You don't know what it says. You can't contain it. Well, guess what you do if you can't contain it? You don't build bigger barns. You give it away. Praise God. Every single one of us should have the, the ambition to be able to give away 90% of what comes in. I'm telling you what, we should be there. We should be the, they should know that this church, that that's that church in Gastonia. They're so, they're so prosperous. They give so much. We should be the most generous people on the planet, reflecting God's character by giving everywhere we go, fulfilling people's needs, benevolently, partnerships, missionaries, giving. There shouldn't be anyone in, in want in this area. We should be such givers. And as we give, God will not be outgiven. So you're going to increase back, praise God, and you're going to be amazingly blessed. So remember, God's not trying to get, take from you. He's trying to get to you. He already has the, the blessing activated in your life. The question is, are you going to believe it? Are you going to be the Christians that believe it? And are you going to start putting action to your faith? Be diligent and be generous, praise God. Diligence and generosity will activate the blessings in your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Can I pray for you? If you've been touched today, I'm going to ask for two things. If, you've, if, you, if something's really activated, like moved you at a heart level today and said, man, the Holy Spirit's been prodding my heart. You know, I really feel my heart beating strong. Then I want you to stand. And then also I want you to stand if you need a physical healing today. If you've come and you need a physical healing in your body or maybe even a mental healing. If you need a healing or if you've been convicted by this word or both, just stand up where you are if you can and we're going to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. No pressure. If no one's been convicted or no one uh, needs healing, that's fine. It's a good job if no one needs healing. You'll be listening to the word. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for everyone standing right now. Lord, I thank you that you have blessed us with the supernatural blessing of increase. You've given us the power to get wealth. And for everyone standing, Lord, for financial increase, Lord, I thank you for financial increase over every person standing right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for financial supernatural abundance. I thank you, Lord, every seed sown has been increased back to them. I thank you for supernatural breakthrough. I thank you for increase. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for promotions, debt release, witty inventions, business ideas, new contracts, new customers. I thank you, Lord, for supernatural increase over every seed. I thank you, Lord, your word does not return void. And you promised us as we sow seed in the ground, it's going to produce a harvest in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, Carly. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And everyone standing now believing for healing right now. In Jesus' name. We say be healed right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be healed. Amen. If you have a prayer language, just begin to use it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that it's your will for us to be free right now. Free from the chains, free from the bondage. 
free from the worry, the anxiety, the burden, the stress. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can cast upon you everything that is so easily trying to entangle us. Thank you, Lord, that you, you, you are made to carry those burdens as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you with the things that concern us, that you are perfecting those things which concern us. Right now, we take authority over sickness and over disease, and we command it to leave your body. Leave these bodies right now in Jesus' name. Every lie of the enemy, every seed of doubt, every 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 second of fear that is tried to implant in our hearts right now we command those to leave to be gone we speak pain to leave bodies pain to leave bodies right now I speak joints to move and organs to function eyes see ears hear right now we curse cancer at its root and we command those that inflammation to leave your body Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving, for giving life where there was death, for giving freedom where there was bondage, movement where there was staticness. That's a new word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for making our bodies to move as they should, to process as they should. Right now, I just declare over every intestine that's been malfunctioning, life back into you. Right now, we command complete, normal, healthy digestion in Jesus' name. There's someone that's just had a a consistent headache. The Lord's relieving you of that right now. Thank you, Lord. Allergies, right now, we switch you off in Jesus' name. We switch you off. There's a pain that runs down the spine. The Lord is healing you in your spine right now. Thank you, Lord, from freedom of movement, from movement without pain. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for normal, healthy circulation in our bodies, for feeling coming back into our fingers and toes. Thank you, Lord, for arthritis leaving the body. Leaving the body. Thank you, Lord. Blood pressure coming down right now, ringing in the ears, turned off. In Jesus' name. For hearts that beat in a regular rhythm. Thank you, Lord. There's people that haven't slept well. They've had some insomnia and different things that's been keeping them awake at night. Right now, I just speak a peace over you. That you'll sleep tonight with rest, with a rest that heals as you sleep. Thank you, Lord. Even if there's somebody that's dealing with an issue with their bladder, an issue with the bladder, but the Lord is healing you, even with that consistent sense of urgency and, and empty right now, we just speak wholeness over your bladder in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Every part of you functioning as it should, being at rest. Thank you, Lord. We believe and we receive these things in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Give Jesus some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my gosh. I love these guys so much. What a great, great word. Listen, I love it. If God can get it through you, he can get it to you. What a great message. Oh, man. Were you blessed today? Put your hand up if you are blessed. I think that's everybody's hands. Come on. I believe that you received a healing right now when Carly was praying. You know, one of the things that uh, I think it's worth reminding you that sometimes things are a done deal in the spirit 
and it takes our bodies a little bit of time to catch up with it. So just now, when you had your hand up and the word of the Lord came forth, and the word is that by his stripes you are healed, don't be discouraged if you didn't feel any different in your body. Don't be discouraged if you didn't feel like what we've heard people describe in the past. We, we've probably all heard testimonies of somebody saying, I felt a heat go through my body. I felt, I felt something shift. I felt a bone pop back in place. Whatever it is, don't be discouraged. And I believe there's a lot of you here that did feel an immediate difference. But don't be discouraged if you didn't. Because we as people of God, we walk by something other than sight, right? We walk by something other than what we feel. We walk by faith and not by sight. There was some done deals just now in the natural and in the spirit. Some of you felt it immediately. Some of you didn't. It was still a done deal. You got to walk out of here today in faith. Walk out rejoicing. I always kind of laugh uh, when, when I read some of the Psalms. I, I love David and I love uh, I love the way he wrote and the way he prayed and gave us insight into his relationship. But I kind of laugh sometimes when he says, Lord, heal me and I will praise you. And I'm like, David, you got a, a little backwards there. We're going to praise no matter what is going on. We're going to praise no matter what we feel in the natural. Because there was a done deal in the spirit today. How many of you feel something different or you're believing that something different just happened in your body? Awesome. That is awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Oh man, it's a good day. So here's how we're going to close this service out. A little bit different than we close our normal services out. I am going to invite our prayer ministers up here in a moment because I don't want you to leave here without having a chance to get agreement in prayer, but we're also going to give. We're going to give to Ashley and Carly's ministry. And just like I said, when you give to FCG uh, for them, 100% goes to them. Uh, I can speak this with confidence because they're my friends. Ashley and Carly don't personally take uh, this money that we're given today. This goes into Terra Des Ministries. I've heard them share this several times. They're, they're on salary that their board sets. So this isn't like they're not going to pocket this and, you know, go on a cruise or whatever like that. That's not how they do things. Uh, they do things with honor. They do things uh, very respectably. So this money is going to go into Terra Des Ministries and it's going to go to spreading the gospel across the world. You know, if you are not able or if you have not gone to the far corners of this earth to spread the gospel, man, these guys are doing it. They're doing it in the natural. They're actually going. They're going to South Africa here in just a few weeks. They're actually going physically. And also their television shows, their internet shows go across the world. And man, they are so encouraging. They are spreading the gospel. And we have a chance to partner with them today. Whether you're a part of FCG or you're just here visiting, we have a chance today to put seed in good ground. So here's the basket. Everything that goes uh, in this basket right now and that's given online is going to go straight to them. So if we could, let's put our, our giving QR code up on the screen so you can give right now and the gift will go to FCG, but we're going to take everything and give them one check. So I know our people, I've been encouraging you for weeks to prepare in your heart ahead of time. Uh, I, I always tell our people, don't give under pressure. Don't sit here and, and wait for the moment to say, Ooh, what should I give? No, prepare ahead of time. And then this past week, when you heard the Lord say, give this amount, man, then you hear a message like this today. You're not sitting here feeling pressure like, ooh, I have to give a lot because Ashley just told me I have to give a lot. No, you came prepared. And what the Lord told you is your generous gift today. 
And now we get to rejoice that we hear a word about what God does through our generous giving and we get to do it. We get to activate it right now. Isn't that awesome? So let's stand together. Here's the final instruction. I'm gonna pray and then I'm going to dismiss everybody. If you are a prayer minister today at FCG, when you bring your gifts, just stay up here at the front and there might be some folks that come up today you can feel free, please, to come up for prayer. Get agreement with one of our prayer ministers. Ashley and Carly told me they'd be available as well for just a few minutes if you'd like to come get some prayer with them. But let's do this all in one swoop, all right? So I'll dismiss. You come up, give your offering. If you're leaving, make your way out. Grab some more coffee and bread. Hug somebody. Tell them you love them. If you want prayer agreement, we will have our prayer ministers up here Plus, Ashley and Carly will be available for a little bit. They do have a flight to catch, so they can't stay up here um, as long as I know they'd like to uh, because they do have that flight they talked about. And uh, that, that, that's one thing. So I love you guys so much. I know you are blessed. I believe there are miracles in your body today that happened. You'll see it. We'll celebrate right now. We'll celebrate when you give us a testimony in a little bit. If you don't have a home church and you felt at home today, man, I believe that was for a reason. Come back and see us next week. Join up with our discipleship class this Tuesday night at 6.30. A lot of you have been through that. Come back and be a part of it again. It'll be a little bit different. If you've never been through our discipleship class, this will be a great chance for you to get to know our church and our leadership. That's starting this Tuesday at 6.30. It's an eight-week class. So come on out this Tuesday, City Youth on Wednesday, and we will see you next week. Don't miss a chance to give and don't miss a chance for prayer agreement. I love you guys so much. Father, thank you for all you've done today. Thank you for your word that says we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Thank you that your word, for your word that says that we are a blessed people who are called to give generously, receive generously, then give generously again over and over and just see the goodness of God in all of it. We love you so much and we're so grateful for who you are and all you've done today in our lives and in our church. In Jesus' name, amen.